Welcome to the Data Podcast. My name is Brian Ward, the creator and host of the Data Podcast. I am a coach, Marine Corps veteran, speaker, husband, and you guessed it, a dad. Are you ready to be inspired to be the best dad you can be for your family? This show will provide you with the tips, tools, and strategies to do just that. Are you a dad just going through the motions? Or are you looking to really elevate your dad game to the next level? Truth is, it is a blessing to be a dad. This is a responsibility we must take seriously. In the end, how do you want to be remembered? I hope you want to be remembered as a phenomenal dad. Your legacy starts in the home, not outside the home. If you're really ready to elevate your dad game, then make sure you bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get started. Data. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I am excited for this conversation today. Uh, this individual's got an amazing story and I can't wait to dive in. I can't wait for you all to hear about it. But my good friend, Chris Welton, has joined me on Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, Brian. I'm so happy to be here today. Oh man, I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this. Um, you know, obviously you and I, he, uh, all my guests, it's like, I haven't met anybody, but I've met them virtually through this, through this wonderful device called the, called, called Zoom and social media and all that. So, um, you know, I've, I watch your posts and they're inspiring, they're motivational, um, but I know you have a long story and I know that your story is impactful and that's the reason that you're putting your message out there, your brand out there. So for my listeners who may not know who you are, um, tell me a little bit more about yourself, kind of how you grew up um, and then uh, yeah. you know how it led into what you're doing today. And then obviously this is a dad podcast. So I want to know about your family as well. Definitely. And this will all lead to why I've value being a father and, and, and being so focused on being a great dad. Um, you know, when you first see me and I walk into a room, you can see that I'm, I'm missing half of my left arm. And I was born that way. I was a son of a drug addict. And unfortunately, that was the result of her drug addiction. And as a child, you don't want to be, you, you know, you want to be like everyone else. Right. So I would hide that from people. And I would try to, if you'd sell pictures of me as a kid, I'd stand on, um, there's always somebody on my left. I tell you, could tell who it was. I had a lot more hair then too, but you could always tell who that was. And as I progressed in life, I, I realized just from some great coaches and some mentors along the way that, Hey, just because I have a limb difference, doesn't mean I'm not special or I have something else that I can accomplish. And so I, I turned that into an advantage instead of a disadvantage as I went through life. Now, the challenges continued through my childhood, dealing with a mother who was an addict, bouncing around from family member to family member. And I think that built these calluses up on me that made me tougher than I needed to be at the time. But later in life helped me adjust to some major adversity that came with just being an adult, right? And so if you see me on social media, you'll see me do a lot of posts that have to do with me working out. And the reason I do that is I want other children or even adults who have limb differences or disabilities see what's possible to accomplish those things as far as working out, trying to stay in shape. But adversity to me, um, adversity really comes down to, uh, it, it's something that I feel sometimes a gift. The adversity I was put under in my life 
gave me the strength and ability to be on a podcast today to talk about it, to share my story, to help other people. And I know I have a responsibility to help other people that where I, where I am, where I was two, four, six, and 10 years ago. And being on podcasts like this is a great opportunity to do that. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Um, talk a little bit about your family, how many kids you have and uh, yeah, all that. Sure. Love to. So I have two daughters. Um, my oldest daughter's 30 years old. She is uh, an entrepreneur, has a food truck in the Indianapolis area. So if you're up there, check her out. Three dolls. She does an awesome job. Um, and I have a granddaughter who just turned six last week. Oh, cool. I have another daughter who's 23 and she has a degree in finance from FSU and is living a, a wonderful life out in Denver, Colorado. So it gives me an opportunity to travel out there from time to time. I also had a stepson that I raised for about 18 years, which was an awesome opportunity. So we can talk about being a step parent too, if we want to get into that as well. That's a whole nother part of being a dad. And um, in 2020, I had a son born. His name was CJ, named after myself. And unfortunately, after about 18 hours, CJ passed from a heart condition. Mm. So uh, I've been on several different sides of being a dad, mm. seeing great accomplishments with kids, helping with a child who wasn't my biological son to also losing a child along the way. So I feel I have a responsibility to get on a podcast like this and share those types of stories and the challenges and just the things I've been able to overcome and grow from and, and the excitement of being a father. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry that, uh, that you lost your son. Um, I'm sure that there's, um, you know, you find, we always try in, in lot when we have loss like this, we're always trying to find reasons behind it. Um, what's the reason? Maybe, you know, I don't know how many people are listening or watching that that are are big in their faith, but you reach out to God and you just say, God, why is this? Why did this happen? What is the reason for this? Um, and, and there's an underlying message to it. There's a story behind it. Uh, there's a reason for it. So um, I'm sorry that that happened, but I want to back up a little bit because I want to talk about your relationship with your mom, with your own mom. Yeah. Um, the fact that, you know, she was an addict um, and children that are born uh, to a mom that's an addict, typically they, ha they have the addiction inside them. They're, they're yeah. addicts themselves. Um, was there a struggle for you as a child with learning disabilities, any of those types of things that, uh, that may have been <laughs> impacted by the drugs? No, I don't believe so. I mean, I, I never had any learning disabilities or anything like that. Just the physical issue that I was born with. Um, I was born premature, so I was a lot smaller and uh, so small that I couldn't wear a size zero shoe when I left the hospital. Now I wear a size 14 shoe. I'm 6'5", to give you an idea. So that, doesn't, that didn't, uh, didn't make me the runt of the litter, I guess you could say. Um, and I didn't face any of those addiction issues um, when coming out of the hospital. And, you know, there were some valuable lessons that I learned as a child having a mother who was an addict. And it took me a long time to realize those things. But one of the lessons that I learned as an addict was, as my mom being an addict, was survival. Mm -hmm. I figured out ways to survive. I started working at the age of 11. Um, I was hustling, selling cookies and candy door to door to, to make sure we had extra cash. I started cutting grass. I did everything I could. That was one of the habits, a good habit you could learn from an ag. If there is such a thing, they always figure out a way to find money, right? right. Now, so I learned that at a young age, how to hustle and grind and make money. Um, 
And, but on the backside of that, I didn't know what to do with money. <laughs> All I knew is if you made it, you should spend it, right? right? Because that's what addicts do. So that was a challenge throughout my life as well. And as far as relationship with my mom, my mom passed in 2019 from uh, liver cancer, mm. which was a side effect of her having hepatitis from using drugs intravenously. And my relationship with her over that last 15 years of her life was very minimal. We butted heads multiple times throughout the, through my later years in life. And I just realized that I deserved better, right? I deserved to be treated better um, than she would treat me. And, and we separated part of our ways. I did fly to Missouri to see her uh, two days before she died and, and, and talk to her a little bit when she was there in hospice. But, you know, those lessons that I learned the hard way, as far as being a parent and as a father have made me take things in a different direction with my kids and, and focus more on them than focusing on myself. Yeah. I think there's a lot of lessons that we learn from people that like our parents that we were raised by that we take either the good or the bad. Right. And when you have bad experiences, you tend to try to uh, compensate for those by making good experiences for your own children. Um, on the flip side, there are other times where you take those bad experiences and it continues to just snowball and, and, you know, go on to our kids. And so for you, I mean, just the fact that you had a mother that was addicted to drugs, I know for me, my parents were um, alcoholics um, for a long time. So I grew up with that, that addiction um, inside of me. And I found myself when I was in the Marines, I found myself um, drinking a lot. Uh, and, you know, in the military, they, I, I joke with people, I, you know, they asked me, what did you learn in the military from the military? And I said, I learned how to, I learned how to kill I learned how to cuss and I learned how to drink. That's what I learned in the military. Um, but, you know, so I did have those addiction issues and I've been uh, sober now for over 13 years. And I did that oh, because wow. I didn't, thank you. I didn't want that. Um, I didn't want that put on my kids. Um, I found myself uh, sitting in the living room one day asking my older son to grab me a beer out of the fridge. And he brought me a beer and he was, uh, you know, he was 13, 11, 12, something like that. And I just remember thinking, what in the hell is wrong with me? I just asked my son to get me a beer. Now you may not think that's a big deal, but it is because it's teaching them uh -huh. something. And I didn't want them to grow up with that. So I, I made the decision to stop and I stopped cold, cold Turkey. Now I wasn't like this fall down, you know, alcoholic. I was a functioning alcoholic. But um, it was something that I knew that I had to stop. For you, growing up, um, it, was there any issues you yourself with, uh, you know, going down that addiction road? No, it scared me to death. Right, so it scared me to see what would happen. With my mom, like I, I, I come home from being out with friends one night, I opened the, the front door to my house and my mom is passed out on my couch with a syringe stuck in her arm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, waking up on Christmas morning and presents missing and just all these different things, um, you know, getting kicked out of houses and her stealing money from me. Those were all things that said, I said, I don't want anything to do with any drugs of that nature at all. I'm not interested in that. Um, 
And I've never been much of a drinker either. I mean, I, I had, when, when I was a freshman in college, I learned how to drink. Okay. So I did, I got, can we kind of have that? You were in the Marines. I was a freshman in college and I learned how to funnel beer and hit on girls. That was my yeah. two takeaways for my freshman year. And, but you're, you're so right. I mean, it's, it's not about what we've taught our kid. It's not about what's taught about. It's about what's caught. Right. So for me, I caught not wanting to be an addict. My addiction that I suffered from most of my life is money. Like I've always been addicted to making money and not, and not thinking things through like hustling and making all this money, but not knowing what to do with it and then losing it all and then being able to make it again. So that was my addiction. And as I get older in life, I realize that, that the money part of it, if you do right action consistently over time, it will flow towards you. It, it, it will work. Um, so I guess that's where my addictive personality was, is, is the money side. Mm, okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that, I mean, you were born premature. My older son was actually born premature. He was, he was born six and a half weeks early. He was uh, barely five pounds. Um, and when he was in the uh, NICU uh, for two and a half weeks uh, on an oscillator uh, because his lungs weren't strong enough to breathe. And like you, like the doctor told us, you know, he may have some, some learning disabilities. He may have some, some issues growing up, but he, he was a rock star growing up and he had no issues at all, uh, did well in school and was an athlete and, uh, he's six, three now and, yeah. you know, thriving. So, um, for your, for your own kids, you know, seeing the struggles that you've had to face along the way, what do you think, what lessons do you think your, your own kids have taken away from the things that you've learned? Well, I, you know, it, it's been just recently that I opened up to them about all the stuff that I went through as a kid. And uh, I think they were surprised by some of it, but they knew some of it was bad dealing with my relationship with my mom. One of the things that they've taken away from is my work ethic, right? Because I've always been the worker and the guy who's hustled and worked hard to be able to achieve what he wants in life. And I learned that as a young age from having to do it on my own, to be on my own at 11 years old, to go hustle and, and figure things out. So that's a big takeaway they've gotten from me, but also they know how hard I am about, about drugs. That's, that's not in their life. That's not what they do. Um, and, and I think that that's a valuable lesson that they learned from me and they're both super smart girls. I mean, they like, they make really good decisions. So I, I take, I take about this much credit for it. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, can we talk a little bit about um, your son that passed away? Yeah, I know, sure. Because there, there are parents out there that may be grieving uh, over the loss of a child, uh, yeah. over um, you know whether it's you know after they were born or later later in mm -hmm. life. Um, how did you and and your wife handle that grieving process, and what tips or advice <sighs> can you give to parents that might be going through it themselves right now? Man, I, I tell you the a couple things. One is. Um, we have a very strong relationship and we had before that. And a lot of marriages don't make it after they lose a child. It's just the stats are the stats. I'm not here to bring anybody down, but that's, that's the facts, right? So um, our son was born uh, with cardiomyopathy and essentially what it is is the heart doesn't pump as hard as it should. And they delivered him at seven months gestation. And at seven months, he was almost 22 inches long and weighed over seven pounds. 
Hmm. So he, I mean, he was, he, he looked like a full term baby when he was born. Um, and we, we, we were told that, Hey, he'll be in the NICU for probably six or eight weeks. He may have some challenges, but we think we can get through this 18 hours later. That was not the case. Um, we were, I went home for a little while. I got called back to the hospital. I came back to the hospital and, um, my wife was in there, had had a C-section the day before and was in a lot of pain, but she was in a wheelchair in the room and they just got done giving him CPR and revived him. They did that two more times in a matter of about three hours. Mm. And I finally said, we can't do it anymore. That you just, we, we've got to stop. And <clears throat> instantly the doctors, um, who delivered the baby came to our room when we went back to our room and, and talked us to us. And, you know, it's not your fault. You did nothing wrong. And, and those types of things, which are very powerful to hear the people say that. And there's a, there's a group, um, Finley, um, project. And it is a, um, a group that helps mothers who lose babies right at birth. And they were great. They stepped out to my wife and they were all in and, really reached out to her and had a mentor for her kind of a relationship and helped her through that. And we also were on a, um, a group call we did once a week with a counselor. We had, we did private counseling too, but we were also on a call that had multiple other people on there who'd suffered the same losses. So I think that finding other people that have been through that is a big deal. Um, look, I had a really bad relationship with God for about eight months after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't understand why I see people leaving their kids in the car in the summer and they're dying. Or I see this other person having another baby that doesn't want a baby. And I'm like, I don't understand. I, I, I can't wrap my mind around that. So that was a struggle for me and everybody's going to handle the grief their own way for my wife. And I, we, we shut everybody out for a couple of weeks. Once we came home from the hospital, we didn't want anybody there. Uh, we wanted to work through it ourselves. And, and, and for us, that was the best way to do it. But again, we have a great relationship. Now I have a great support staff, people on my team at work, they delivered food every day and they were there and they were constantly making sure we were taken care of with that side. But it really comes down to the relationship you have with your spouse and understanding you need to lean on them through that time and grow. And man, you know, we're, we're going after it again. We're, we're getting ready to do IVF again and, and, and give it another shot. And, Look, my son CJ's in my life every single day. I talk to him every day. Um, and I know a lot of big things have happened in my life since he passed away in 2020 and given me courage to go on a podcast like this, or I, I speak at events and, and do other things. And I don't think I'd be doing that right now if I didn't have him with me. And it's just been, it's been an, a challenging time, but I know that he's, he's right here with us right now. Yeah. Uh, how did you reconnect with, um, with God, uh, knowing that you were struggling, didn't understand why, like I talked about it earlier in the show, um, not yeah. really understanding why, how did, how did you find that connection again? You know, it just took time. And, and I remember it being about eight months after he passed, I gained a bunch of weight. I'm not a drinker, like I said, but I, I will eat. Like I eat my feelings. Like I'm not, I have no issue of pounding a dozen donuts. Like if there's a dozen donuts in the house, you better get yours. Cause I'm going to eat the rest of them. And I was sitting on my back porch 
And I was reading one of my journals that I'd written, I'd wrote in, written in before he passed. And I was just flipping through some pages and I had all these things written in there. I was going to do with my son, right? Like all these notes and stuff that I was going to do and things I was going to accomplish. And then the top of the page, it said, call Bill Hart. I don't know if you know who Bill Hart is or not, but he, mm-hmm. he was my coach years ago. And um, I was supposed to call him before all this happened to reconnect. So I called Bill and we instantly reconnected and we started talking through things. And uh, Bill's a man of God and, and we talked through some stuff and, and he just kind of, I just needed to hear someone else. I need to hear someone else, not my wife. My wife's, my wife's a, a, a very uh, um, devout Catholic. And um, it, it was just hearing a voice from somebody else, almost like he was talking through Bill to tell me, mm-hmm. Hey, we need to figure this out and, and move on from there. So obviously I have, I, I still have a good relationship with God, but it was a challenge. I mean, I think anybody that faces a loss like that, you're going to ask why, right? Like you can't help, but ask, why did you let this happen? Like what caused this to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think for parents, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't begin to tell you that I understand what you guys were going through. Um, cause I can't, um, especially your wife, cause I'm sure that was really as hard as it was on you. Uh, it was probably that much harder on her. Um, yeah. but the way that you guys, um, remained strong for each other, uh, is a testament to your relationship with each other and how much you guys love each other. Uh, it's amazing. Um, my wife and I, you know, we have dealt with various things throughout our, our marriage, um, you know, being married now almost 26 years and, uh, it has, you know, there's been ups and downs, right. In any relationship, there's ups and downs. And, you know, I had an experience with my wife where, you know, at, at a very young age, she had a heart attack. Um, and I had to tell my boys that, Hey, your mom's going to have to have surgery, um, you know, to have stents put in and all that. Uh, and that was tough to get my boys through that. And then several years later, my wife's a type one diabetic, but several years later, um, she has a, um, uh, they call it diabetic retinopathy, where she had basically a massive bleed in her eye uh, and lost vision. Uh, and that went on for a good year or so until she lost vision in the other eye. Uh, and she was essentially completely blind. Um, and that lasted for several, several weeks, several weeks, where we were seeing her eye doctor and they were doing different things on her uh, to get her better. Um, and she still has no vision in one eye and has been told she'll never gain it back. But she regained vision in the other eye. So she's able to function. She's a school teacher. She was able to she was able to function just fine. But going through just that, um, you know, not comparing that to what you went through, but using my own experience in the traumatic things that we have gone through, um, knowing that I had to not only step up in various ways as a dad. Um, now I'm super involved in my boys' lives, as you know, I'm super involved in my boys' lives, but having to really step in and and be that support mechanism, that support system for her to help her get through the issues that she was going through. Um, it's part of who we are and it's part of what you commit to doing when you do decide to marry and have a, have a partner. Um, it's, it's 
part of what you need to do. You just have to, you just have to suck it up and do it. As hard as it was for me driving away from the house, knowing that she can't see it all uh, and telling her I love her and driving away and crying because I can't be there with her. I have a job to do. I have to go to work, but to tell her that I love her and that, you know, I'm here to support her. Um, it, it, it's just, it's just part of, of marriage. It's just part of what you do. Uh, and I found, uh, that through that, um, through that relationship of going through that experience, it helped to bring us closer. And sometimes that's really the message in it that, Hey, maybe this is, this is what we needed something like this to help bring us even closer. Same thing with the, with the pandemic, right? People look at the pandemic as this terrible thing, but when I look at the pandemic, I see it as, yeah, it was a terrible thing. And a lot of people suffered and a lot of people did uh, die from it. But I look at the pandemic as, as a way of families coming back together because we're locked in the house. We can't go do anything. We're locked up. So we have to stay, can't go see anybody, but it helped families reconnect. It helped families, um, bond again, uh, because everybody's so disconnected in, you know, what, it, whatever it is they're doing or their d- devices or whatever it is. Um, so there's, there's reasons behind it. And, um, again, like I said, I am, uh, I am sorry that you guys went through that, but the fact that you guys remain strong is just amazing and a testament to your guys's relationship. Yeah. I, Brian, I think the, the big thing, the big takeaway from both the stories there is that it's so important to share your story and the challenges and the things you go through in life. Not because I'm looking for sympathy from anybody else or, Oh no, that's so bad. That's not, that's not the reason you share your story. You share your story to help someone else who may be going through something challenging or difficult as well. And they see there's an opportunity to grow and push through it. So for me, I share, I'm very transparent with my childhood, how I grew up. Everybody on my team knows that when I speak at events, I talk about those stories because I want people to understand that just because they were, they grew up this way, doesn't mean they can't change their life, right? They can't change the trajectory of their life, right? Like, like Ed Milet says, be the one, right? So why don't you be the one, right? So for me, I find peace sharing the story about my son. Mm. I find peace. My wife, not so much. She doesn't mm. find as much peace sharing those stories, but she understands that's, that's kind of like my therapy is sharing my story about my son with anybody that'll listen that needs to hear that story. Cause I didn't have anybody to share that story with me when my son passed. Right. Mm-hmm. The one thing was they all catered to my wife and, and we're helping her and everything. There's no, there's nobody to help the dads. Mm-hmm. Right. There was no call from anybody. This happened to me, nothing at all. So if anybody's listening and they hear that and they've been through the similar situation or their husband needs somebody to talk to, I'm sure Brian will have my contact info in here, in here. I'm happy to talk to anybody who's been through similar challenges and just sometimes all it takes is a conversation to get you back on the right track. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I, I talk to people all the time and, and remind people to, to reach out to people that you haven't connected with in a long time. You never know what people are going through. Uh, you never know uh, the help that maybe somebody needs. 
Uh, and just your simple, even it could be a simple text. It takes a couple of seconds to send a simple text and just say, Hey, just want to check in on you and see how you're doing. I have a buddy who lives, like we were talking about before I started recording, we're going through this huge storm, uh, in California right now. And I have a buddy who lives up in the mountains and he is completely snowed in. He's been snowed in since last Thursday. And I sent him a text today and I said, Hey, I just wanted to check in on you and see how you're doing, how you holding up. And he, he responded and he said, Hey, we're good. You know? And I said, well, if there's anything I can do, please let me know. I don't know what, but if there's something I, that you need for me, uh, I'll do whatever I can to help. Uh, yeah. And he appreciated that. Sometimes that's all it takes, but there could be somebody in your life right now. And I'm talking to the people that are listening or watching this. There's somebody, there may be somebody in your life right now that you haven't connected with in a long time. Maybe it's been several months. Maybe it's been a few years. Maybe it's a family member that you haven't talked to reach out to them. Just say, hey, just thinking about you. I mean, it's really that simple. And you'll be amazed at, at the uh, amount of appreciation that you'll not only get from it, but there could be somebody that may be hurting and just needs to talk and say, you know what? I'm glad you reached out. I actually could would love to talk to you. Um, so that's amazing. Um, you have um, an older daughter. You have a stepson. You have a bonus child. <laughs> as I like to say, yeah. um, how was, how is that relationship and how, and how have you maneuvered through being a bonus dad? Well, the relationship with him was great for a number of years from about 10 months until he was 18 and his mother and I were divorced. So at that point in, in uh, we don't have much of a relationship anymore. And mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's been his decision, not mine. And, and that's okay. You know, sometimes that comes around that's been 10 or 11 years ago now, but, um, I took the responsibility of raising him when I was married to his mom. And, it, and, and I think it, I had a stepfather too. So I wanted to be a better stepfather, right? Like that was just something that I wanted to do. And my wife now is an incredible stepmom to my daughters. Like, like she, she's, I, she might be closer to them than I am, which is, which is great. I love that. Right. They, they call and ask her questions and advice and everything. And we're very involved in their lives. And, and my granddaughter calls her grandma Welton. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great relationship. So I think that being, having a bonus child and, and, and being a step parent is an extremely um, challenging event sometimes, but a great responsibility and a great honor that you can be involved in that person's life. And what I really love about my wife, the way she addressed it from the start, because my youngest daughter was 13 when I got, when my wife and I started dating and my oldest daughter was about 20 or so. She became their friends first. Mm -hmm. She became a friend first. And, and then the relationship grew from there, which I was like, ah, that's kind of, I, I didn't know, if, I didn't see it that way, but she, she had a step parent and it wasn't great. It was actually really bad. So she looked at it from a different point of view and she came in as a friend and has built an incredible relationship with them. And they can't, you know, they, like I said, call her for advice. And um, I, when they come for the holidays, I think they come to visit her more than they do me. So <laughs> that's cool. Um, what kind of challenges are you facing right now, Chris, uh, that maybe you're dealing with, with your own uh, kids right now, or maybe your grandchild, you know, challenge wise, I think it's the, my, my 23 year old just going through a lot of growth and independence being in Denver, Colorado, which is one of the most expensive cities in, in the country. And so we're learning money lessons right now. Right. And, you know, we're 23 and, and, and so we're, we, we, 
pulled out the old school budget about six weeks ago and I put her on a budget and, and I'm doing some stuff with that to help her mature and grow through that. Cause she's got a really good job, makes a really good living, but most like most 23 year olds, isn't sure where all the money went. Right. So um, that would be a challenge and teaching her not to try to, you know, it's not, it's not keep up with the Joneses at 23. Right. And, and I think that she's learning some stuff for me from that. My oldest daughter um, got challenges with her. There's not a lot there. She's super independent. Like I said, she has her own food truck, her own catering company. She's looking to open her own brick and mortar restaurant and is just a dynamite mom and, and um, an incredible, um, incredible uh, leader for her and her, her little girl. And she's a single mom and, and does it all herself. So um, I said, the only challenge is that they live so far away. Too, yeah. you know that one's in Denver, one's in Indianapolis. And I'm in Orlando, so I'm going to see both of them in um, three weeks. I'm going up there for a wedding to Indiana, so I'll get to spend a couple of days with them then. Oh, that's awesome! Um, you know, it's amazing when our kids are older. I have you know two boys, and and they're 24 and 21. And I just put a post out um, yesterday for this because it was a uh, it just kind of hit me that uh, when our when our kids are older, um, we we almost think like our parenting role is done because we've raised them. They're independent. Now they're do off doing their own thing. And it, it couldn't be further from the truth because my boys still at 24 and 21, they still come to me and get, and ask my opinion about something or want my advice on something. And sometimes it's, it's things that they just don't know or don't have any experience with and they need my help or they need my input. And they can take it or leave it. Like I said on the post yesterday, they can take it or leave it, uh, but they asked me for it. Um, so I'm going to give it. And that's one of the things that is so cool about having adult children is that, hey, yeah, you you may not be that parent that you know took care of everything that they did when they were growing up. You may not be that parent anymore, but now you're a parent that can provide adult advice and help them navigate through life or through, you know, the challenging things that they may be going through as a young adult. Um, so the, the money, you know, lessons Brian, are hard. I, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, what's so funny about that, Brian is, is people will say, God, I can't wait till this kid's 18 and I'm not going to have to, I'm like, you got no idea. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just a different version. And, and, and I read something, it's probably been two months ago and he was talking about, you know, you always reach down and help your kid up when they're little, right? You pick them up and hold them. It's the same responsibility when they're 30. You're just holding them in a different way. Right. Like, and the minute you stop parenting them, they think you don't care about them anymore. Right. And then, then all of a sudden it goes in a different direction. I'm not saying micromanage them and tell them to be home at what time or whatever. They're adults. Let them make their mistakes and learn. But if I'm not involved with some of the decisions they make, like, my girls know they don't make any major purchases without talking to their dad. Their dad will help them go through that. They both like my oldest daughter, when she's looking, expanding her business and stuff, who does she call? She calls her dad and we walk through steps and we talk about ROI. We talk about different ways to make sure we have cash cushion and whatever needs to be done to do that. And that's parenting continues. So it's almost like, you know, I'm a business coach like you. So it's, it's like this, right? So I want them to outgrow me as a parent, but not really, right? Like I want to get better as a parent and continue to grow so that they can still come to me for advice. And that's something I didn't have. I didn't get that advice from my mom and um, or my biological father. 
I was kind of on my own at 17 when I left for college. That was it. Right. So you, you just, I love to be there for them when they need advice. And, and when they call me and say, dad, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Or I'm thinking about changing jobs, dad. Will you, will you review the employment contract for me? Can we go through it? Can we look at it? Hey, I'm going to move to a new apartment. Can you review the lease? Like these are all things that I feel responsible to help them with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. My my younger son called me a few days ago and and he's uh, he was going to respond to uh, he's has a possible internship coming up. Uh, he's a junior in college and uh, he he got a response from this uh, this company and he said, hey, I, I I wrote I wrote an email in my response to them, but can you read it and make sure it's, you know, tell me if I need to you know fix anything. And he did a great job. You know, I didn't have to change a single thing. I said, Hey, you, you nailed the email. That's perfect. Um, go ahead and let it fly. And, uh, but it's those little things that makes me feel good as a dad that, Hey, they could still come to me. They're not just out there on their own, just kind of, you know, doing whatever they can still come to me. My older son, a couple of years ago, when he bought his very first car, you know, we provided that our boys cars from high school through college. And then once they graduate college, they're on their own. And my older son was getting ready to buy his first car. And we talked through everything. You know, there was this particular car he wanted. There was a particular uh, type, you know, vehicle that he wanted. And there was a particular amount of money that he was willing to spend. And and we talked through all that. And Mm -hmm. so much so that I was there with him when he went down to pick up his car. Um, just those kinds of things are the things that we do as parents, even when they're, they don't need us anymore. They, they really do, but they don't, they're independent now. They can, they can figure things out. They can make mistakes. Like you said, they they make mistakes all the time. They have to learn from those mistakes and work through them. But when they call us for advice, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, and it's one of the things that I enjoy about being my dad role now. So, yeah, definitely. I enjoy that hundred percent and, and I'll, I'll never get tired of those phone calls for yeah. sure. <laughs> hey dad, I need your advice on something or I'll get a text message. Can you call me this afternoon? I, I want to run something by you. So that, that, that's, uh, that's worth all the heartache along the way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> say the least, so. Um, well, let me ask you this. If my listeners, viewers wanted to look you up, learn a little bit more about you, best places for them to do that, Chris. Um, so one hand at a time spelled out, uh, um, on Instagram's the best social platform to see me on. And, um, I'll send you Brian, my link tree, um, okay. QR code, and that's got all my contact info. So that, that'll have my email and my, my, my phone number and, 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 and my podcast as well. So awesome. Uh, talk about your podcast. What's the name of it? Yeah. So it's called the one hand at a time podcast. And it's really conversations with people who've been successful in, in different business areas. Um, and I've had Renee Rodriguez has been on there. I don't know if you know Renee or not, but mm-hmm. um, of course, Brian Covey is going to be on there next week. And uh, Damon West was just on my show recently, uh, which was really good. I had Logan Aldridge on, which is the one-arm Peloton athlete. And him and I have become really good friends just through re- me reaching out via uh, Instagram and um, Ben Newman is going to be on next week. I just got off a phone call with him this morning. So actually the shoe you see sitting back there um, when it's really hard to contact people, Brian, I've done this thing where I find out what shoe size they wear and I send them a, one Jordan shoe and I put a handwritten note in there 
And it says, Hey, if you'll call me and we set up, if we can do a zoom call for 15 minutes, I'll send you the other shoe. So Ben does a zoom call with me and, and we set it up. So he's going to do my podcast and he sent me back the shoe and he, and he wrote some stuff on it for me. It says, Chris, never stop attacking legacy standard over feelings, attack the process. So he sent me one of the shoes back and he's got the other one. If you see when he does his podcast, it's on the mantle on the wall behind him. So, um, for me, the podcast was just about getting in front of more people. And, and hopefully every time I do an episode, I can help one more person. Um, and so far it's been a blast. I really enjoyed it. we're going to, we got to coordinate schedules to get you on there soon, Brian, as well. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love yeah. it. Let's yeah. do it. Um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, the podcast for me was really just about, um, uh, helping dads, helping parents. Uh, believe it or not, I have 60% of my uh, followers or viewers on the podcast are dads and 40% are moms. So oh, nice. um, it's just a just a way to help parents along. But the connections and the relationships that I've built, I know Ben, I know Brian really well. Um, the relationships that I've built uh, over the years uh, is amazing. And you know, podcasts are a way for people to learn and listen and, and, and grow from, but for us that are behind the scenes, uh, doing the show, uh, it's a way for us to, uh, build relationships with other people. So that's awesome. I agree. Um, I agree. well, listen, I, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, our friendship, uh, I appreciate who you are and, and the growth that you're doing and, uh, the message that you're sending out, um, and I, I, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate all that you're doing. And I look forward to uh, building this uh, relationship with you. Well, thanks. The feeling's mutual, Brian. I appreciate being on the show. Awesome. Uh, hey, guys, make sure you guys are checking out Chris Welton. See what everything that he's doing. You can check him out at one hand at a time on his Instagram. He's He responds there. Um, he, he's very active on social media. So you can find him there on Instagram. I'll make sure to have all the links in the show notes. But again, I just want to thank my good friend, Chris, for being on. And if you guys have not yet subscribed to my show, please make sure you do that so you don't miss any of the awesome guests that I have on each and every week like Chris. Uh, and as always, I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Dad Up. Wow, another amazing episode in the books. So much was shared, and I'm truly grateful my guest was able to pour into you to help you elevate your dad game and really dad up. Make sure you bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're here, please don't forget to leave me a rating and a review. I always appreciate the feedback. Also, did you know you can watch the video interview of this episode? You can by simply going to my YouTube channel at Dad Up Podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to my channel. And one last thing, don't forget, your role as a dad is one of the most important roles you have. So if you need a little help or have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me on my website at dataptribe.com or at my Instagram page at dataptodcast. Until next time, everyone, data up.